0: Gene Simmons, Peter Criss, Paul Stanley, Ace Frehley, I want Kiss. You, I want you. Rock Kiss. Rock and Roll Over. Kiss, Rock and Roll Over. Casablanca Records and Tapes. Kiss, Rock and Roll Over. program contains coarse language and nudity. Viewer discretion is advised. Entering final countdown phase. <laughs> oh you yeah! get it back back in your saying, Milo? Now, you're too old. Okay, yeah! yeah, let's rock this bitch. It's what I call heavy metal. Young punk. It's a rock and roll. Cocky as hell. These parts were
1: laughing. Who the fuck says you do
0: Hey, this is not a test. This is rock and roll! welcome back to give me back my rock and roll i am
1: steven welcome to episode two alongside me is the co-host the other bald bearded viking warrior charlie what's up charlie
2: oh man not a whole lot a lot of a lot of chaos lately but we're finally doing episode two now after an unplanned hiatus after only doing one episode and this is actually take two we're trying it again man we're doing a take two this will maybe sound a little bit more polished or it's going to sound like what the hell did we say before about this that was really cool and now neither of us can remember oh well
1: we'll just think of something else really cool and it's been like I don't know, just a little over twelve hours, and barely. barely. I can't yeah. even remember half the stuff, so I, I guess I'm not even going to try to remember it. I just no. want to know. Y- you mentioned we had a hiatus, so why we had a hiatus? What's up with the show? I'm going to let you explain it all.
2: Well, what's up with the hiatus? Is way before COVID. I used to uh, travel to do work and then you know everyone had to stay home and not hang out anymore so that kind of stopped and out of nowhere I started getting calls again to go back out of town um and so I did and let me tell you when you're when you're hosting podcasts and trying to schedule and carry all your stuff out of town you're not sure about your internet connectivities at certain points uh it's it plays hell so uh we kind of Paused the rock show, which is one that I feel comfortable pausing, uh, so that you know the action and horror movie one stayed on a regular rotation. Um, plus, and that's your a...
1: flagship show. I th- mean, th- that's the main wh- one, you know. We are, we are kind of like the college radio station that just kind of comes and goes, um, you know, they're there. Um, you don't know when they're gonna come. No, I'm joking. Um uh-huh. this is actually like Charlie's side project, essentially. Um, but he's also like this you're like Jason Newstead in the Saint Anger era. Like this is your echo brain, but you're also Kirk or no, no, you're Lars and James because yeah. you on the other show and that makes me Kirk yeah you get to be kirk you're just happy to be here and be
2: involved and Uh, i am trying to run this massive empire it's not It's not that massive i I equate most podcasting to what used to be popular with like everybody getting on public access tv back Mm -hmm. in the day and trying to make their own tv shows that's podcasting now it's just a whole lot more readily available but uh no, I missed it. And I have actually had people asking, you know, like, Hey, when's the next episode coming out? We've gotten some great feedback for the first one. Um, and you know, this one gets to be my pick. Uh, so, you know, obviously I still wanted to get that out and.
1: Well, let's uh, go back for a second and talk about the first episode because, uh, I I'm glad you mentioned it. Um, and this is something I don't think that we really did in the first take of this. Um, and, and, not well i guess um because i think we got distracted um that so yeah our first episode it came out we released a first episode it was clutch psychic warfare it was my pick i thought hey what a good way to open the show because we can deep dive into an album kind of show um what we bring to the table musically like a a little bit of knowledge and such. And I thought it was just a good place to start. It's a good solid rock album. And I was really impressed with the growing community. I mean, we just kind of started a group low key invited some people. We haven't really advertised anything. I mean, you've dropped a couple of trailers on your social media platforms, but right now we're just sitting at like a hundred group members. The show's actually we've just kind of put it out like like we're not really hitting it hard as far as marketing. We're just kind of like putting it out there and like kind of what people used to do back in the day is tape trading. Um, We're just kind of letting it organically go. We're not putting a whole lot of effort into the marketing because Charlie has another show and this is just fun for me. I just like hanging out with Charlie and talking rock and roll. So um, and that, that's the vibe i want for the show
2: you know so yeah, I think that's how yeah. we
1: maintain that not that
2: we're not gonna try to promote it or put a little bit more effort sure. into it. i mean i we can say it on this one because we're really really close to uh launching it is finally after three years we're gonna have a website for oh yeah the give me back my podcast network um so we'll actually have like this hub or nexus if you will of all these shows that we Mm -hmm. do and that we're involved with like uh, everyone i've talked to so far super excited to be uh involved with it with us they think it's they think it's awesome that someone's even willing to be like you know we we want this like section that's like friends of the pod and people that we uh interact with and you know collaborate with are going to be on the website as well so I'm really looking forward to that. So be looking out. We'll make an announcement once it's fully live. And uh, there might be some cool, cool stuff on there that, you know, we don't really get to do on a podcast.
1: Now, uh, one of the things that interests me is I know you do a lot of crossover shows. um, And you have like, you'll go do two or three other shows. Nate does two or three other shows or whatever, but you guys are all centered on your action horror podcast Uh, that's kind of like your your anchor and you guys just kind of branch off from there so having a nexus online where people can just okay well i want to hear charlie over here well i'm just going to go hear charlie over here because he talked about it on one episode and you know what i'm saying so like that's a great idea charlie i'm i'm glad you're doing that man that's that's really cool um
2: speaking of which as this episode should be out we're, we're, as long as we don't run into any, any more gremlins, this should be coming out like the day before Halloween. Uh, we actually appeared on a show called Dissect That Film, where we talk about the 2003 remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, the Jessica Beale one, as mm-hmm. everyone refers to it. Um, so, yeah, uh, we're super into collaborating with other shows. And, you know, I'm sure we'll have some new faces on this one from time to time because I'm sure everyone I've talked to is excited about it. You know, being able to not always talk about movies let's talk about something else and rock and roll just kind of goes hand in hand with that so that's that's the plan right now anyway so
1: well man I'm excited and and I'm really proud of all the hard work you're doing I listen to your other show um you know whenever it comes out pretty much every week and like I told you last night I I can jump on here and listen to it ahead of time but I want to hear it as a fan, because I like listening to the show, and I, I want to hear it when everybody else does. So, like for me to be a part of the podcast network, just with my own little kind of branching universe, I guess. Uh, man, it's just kind of cool just to be a part of everything, small gear and the big. Uh, give me back my nostalgia you know
2: yeah oh yeah it's it's pretty so. much just give me back my childhood and that's oh yeah that's what it is man and that's that's what this episode's going to be like because this is this is going to be a my pick episode that uh i have quite a bit of nostalgia for you know the album we're going to talk about tonight
1: all right charlie you picked Ballbreaker from from acdc this month or this time and it's the 13th studio album from AC/DC. it came out september 26th 1995 um this is the only acdc album produced by rick rubin um and there's something special about this album and it's phil rudd's return on the drum kit since he left in 83 so he was gone for 12 years he returns um it's kind of like a homecoming for phil um the rest of the musicians on the album, of course, you've got Brian Johnson on vocals. You've got Cliff Williams on bass. You've got the Angus brothers, uh, Malcolm on rhythm. And then of course you've got the man Angus on the guitar. So this album came out 1995. Like we said, uh, their 13th album, Charlie, why did you pick this album? When we started this, we
2: immediately both decided that we didn't want to run out of the gate with what most people would think is, oh, they're going to talk about their first introduction into rock and roll, the first album they remember listening to. And it was like, you know, I don't want to do that out of the gate. I want to wait a little bit. I want to build that up a little. I want to get a flow going. I want to get, you know, a way we do the show before I jump into my favorites. Um, But I knew the first pick needed to have some nostalgia to it and it kind of needed to set the tone for going forward with kind of who I am with my music, what my influences were. And so, you know, I was kind of going through the, you know, the usual suspects, you know, Metallica, Megadeth, you know, stuff that I started and I cut my teeth on, but ACDC was always there. And let's face it, when someone says rock and roll, you know, not metal, not anything, they say rock and roll, ACDC is usually in that list. If it's not your top five, it's in your top 10. You know, it, they just personify rock. Um, so I was like, okay, let's do, let's, I want to do an ACDC one, but there's, there's one particular album we've already talked about covering that we're not going to cover right now because we have something special planned for it. Um, and so I started thinking, I'm like, what what connection do I have with ACDC? And I have one. And it's a memory that I will never forget. It's kind of shaped me who I am. But uh, in 1995, I remember when this album released. And as you're going to hear on this show, and I will repeat ad nauseum, uh, my mom thought rock and roll and metal was the devil. So I wasn't allowed to buy albums. I wasn't allowed to really, I wasn't supposed to bring them home, but my buddies would give me like copies of their cassettes. So, you know, I had a small collection, but I remember when this came out, I had read about it in like metal edge. I knew a new album from ACDC was coming out and it was the first time I had my own spending money. I had a job working for my dad's buddy, putting up billboards at 15 and a half years old. And I went uh, I think the store was Magic Mart. We had a an old Magic Mart here in Lebanon, and I bought on release day, Ballbreaker on cassette, um, which is kind of monumental to me. It was the first time I bought myself that type of music. Uh, much to my mom's chagrin, um, she couldn't really say no. It was my money, and Dad's like, you know, let him buy what he wants. And I got Ballbreaker, and then that i was in september so for some reason uh in high school we got sent on a college tour we actually went to etsu steven so we were like right around in your neck of the woods uh because that was closer to us than virginia tech right and so uh they allowed us to bring our walkman's you know music or something i had ball breaker I had my Walkman and I listened to this album the entire trip there and back and then probably for the next couple of weeks and you know this is also the time when I'm like I just got my learner's permit I'm on this like precipice of freedom you know I remember when I first started driving by myself you know it's like now it's like what's my soundtrack for driving tonight you know so it's like acdc is going to be my soundtrack today you know because you know we didn't have spotify we didn't make playlists we
1: well we did make playlists they were just called mixtapes or mix yeah, cds back you, in the day but you um, had to
2: have a double tape recorder which was fairly expensive even back then unless you taped it off the radio you know so
1: yeah and uh, and i mean some some boom boxes had like the double tape set up. i had that some of them even like what happened over time was um they would go to a CD tape combo. So you could the yeah, tape those. off the CD. Um, yep. And I, I remember my grandmother, um, had not to, to derail your no, story, but it, you, this you brought this for. up. Yeah. Um, as a kid, my grandmother had a dual tape thing and it was a small thing. And, um, I mean, it was probably like maybe a foot and a half yeah. wide. Uh, it was a very small little boom box thing. And, um, you know, sometimes somebody would have a tape and I'll be like, man, I need to make a copy of that tape. Like, Hey, can, you know, and so I would have to borrow my grandmother's double cassette recorder. Then I would have to borrow that person's tape and make sure I had another tape. So you, I'm talking about like back in the day to, for us to make any kind of like recording, it was like two or three people involved. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was just a process it, it, was, man. it was
2: it was it was a elaborate process back in the day to get uh, music and I, I didn't get a double tape player for quite a while um, but once I did yeah I was able to make mixtapes all the time It was like I'm gonna put my favorites on this but I just remember you know we had that giant case that went with us everywhere this was even before cds but we used to carry the tape case with us and you know it's like i'm gonna go through here if you ever watch the movie fanboys and they're getting ready to go on the road trip and they open up that giant case of tapes but it's nothing but rush that's kind of what it was you knew who (laughs) someone's favorite uh band was when you opened up their tape case so
1: i I had one of those that was double-sided and it was like it was a it was like the size of a small duffel bag yeah it probably held like 90 tapes Uh,
2: in your passenger seat when you were alone you know it's Boom! There is my music for this.
1: Yeah, yeah. But it was, yeah, so uh,
2: it, it good was time, man.
1: Ballbreaker was one of those
2: that it was just really important to me because, like I said, it was the first time I got to buy an album on my own. I was looking forward to it, so you know, it was like one of those. I know ACDC released albums in my lifetime, but this was like I was fifteen. This is like a first release type thing, and they weren't. As for, you know, I, I remember the days when everyone called Metallica a sellout because of the Black Album. You know, my my friends were listening to that and I, I was like, I don't understand. I think this is fantastic. But this is also just before the big controversy of Metallica cutting their hair for load. And AC/DC's just like, screw all that. We're just going to release an album that is AC/DC, And I don't know, man. I kind of just fell in love with this album. And being that it was at such a a critical point in my music life that I was like, you know what? This is going to be the first one to talk about. We're going to talk about ball breaker.
1: Well, uh, you know, you just said something and it hit a chord with me and I'm not going to go off on the tangent because basically we know that everybody has an opinion. Pretty much everybody has a podcast. Everybody's got an opinion. And if you're listening to the show, you're hearing ours. Um, But you said something there and you said, you know, back in the day, everybody was blasting Metallica for, um, the black album. Well, that was my introduction to Metallica on a mainstream because I'd heard of Metallica previously and I'd seen the imagery of Master of Puppets and Justice for All and Ride the Lightning. I knew Metallica, Mm -hmm. but. I had been believed Metallica would be one thing and, you know, I, I was naive uh, to a lot of things and I believed what I was told and I repeated, you know, like, well, they shouldn't have sold out or whatever. And I'm like, wait a minute, I like this. And then I was like, wait a minute. Why are these people saying this? And so it was around that era of the black album that I was kind of like, you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm just going to like what I like and, you know, not just repeat stuff because somebody said it. And, and that's what happened to Metallica, mm-hmm. but what didn't happen to ACDC is they've always been unapologetically ACDC. And you know, that's the thing, it's like, they've never tried to branch out and do anything that made them uncomfortable, like other bands. Right. They they didn't challenge themselves in uncomfortable ways, so they never caught the flack that Metallica did. They never caught the flack that the Beatles did. They never caught the flack that anybody else did. Right. They stayed on par with like the Rolling Stones just kind of doing their own thing, man, unapologetically. Yeah. ACDC. dc you got unapologetically. The Rolling Stones, they're kind of in that same legendary status, man. They, they um, are.
2: That's a, that's a great way to put it is legendary, and there's yeah. a reason that they have maintained. It. Not saying Metallica is not legendary. I feel like they've
1: they've reached Oh yeah, that, absolutely they are.
2: For sure. But I like it when not that I'm against trying something new i'm down with that i i I actually enjoy new stuff me too i like the comfort of knowing that when i pop in any acdc album i know exactly what i'm gonna get i know exactly what you know i'm in store for and that is we know what works we are we are gods of rock and this is why and we're just going to give it to you and so yeah i mean as that's the beauty of going at this by album by album instead of just going, well, today we're going to talk about AC/DC. There's too much to do in one episode to talk about one particular band. So we break it down by album. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, think, I think like the next ACDC album we'll get to talk about, we'll get to dig into the band a little bit more, a little mm-hmm. bit more of their mindset. And so I think that's going to be an interesting way to kind of approach this, you know, going well, album by album.
1: Let's put it this way. ACDC has been around as long as I have pretty much and longer. You know, they've been around 50 plus years. So mm-hmm. with a career that long, we're in an hour episode. We're not going to be able to cover everything. Even on a band like Clutch, in an hour, we're not going to be able to cover everything. No. So that's one of the reasons we decided to do the format of the show the way that we did and go kind of old school, just do it an album, because that's how we used to listen to music. I had not heard this album in its entirety before you brought it to the table. I was 18 when this came out. I had just graduated high school a few months prior. I was a young man. Um, I still didn't know crap about crap. Um, But I was starting to do stuff on my own. Whereas you were like 15 and this was the first album that you bought with your own money, everything you know, I, I had, I was past that. So when this album come out, ACDC was kind of, they were still on my radar. I still liked ACDC, but I wasn't really digesting them. Like I was bands at the time, like stone temple pilots and sound garden and white zombie. Yeah. Um, never been a huge Nirvana fan, but they were popular around the time. um, so the grunge era was kind of killing out the power metal, hair metal popularity. You were moving into the black album kind of rock mainstream metal. And you still had ACDC putting out music. So music was changing all around ACDC. They weren't. So I was diving into other things and ACDC was just there. I heard what was on the radio, enjoyed it as it was. but as I said, this was the first album produced by Rick Rubin, but like the year before or, or shortly before this, he produced big gun and that was off the last action hero soundtrack. I thought it was a killer song. And I think that kind of, that experience kind of inspired them to work with him on this album. And you know, whatever was on the radio, that's what I heard, so when you brought this to me, I was like, okay, Uh, I missed hearing the whole album back in the day, so I like ACDC, we'll go give it a visit, so uh, Charlie, before we get into the track-by-track on this, brother, let's hit a commercial, and find out what's going on elsewhere in the internet. (laughs)
0: In a world that has been completely divided for so long, two movie fans have decided to unite for the people and the betterment of mankind. One, an action movie buff, the other, a horror movie fanatic. Together, They will try to bridge the gap of both genres into one podcast with their battle cry, Give Me Back My Action and Horror Movies. Listen along as Charlie and Nate alternate each week talking about action and horror movies they cherish, mostly from the VHS era. Also, including some modern examples that felt like the movies they grew up with by answering the battle cry, Give Me Back My Action and Horror Movies. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Look them up on Facebook and Instagram. Make no mistake, Jack Slater is the last action hero. Ah! Ripper, you're looking sharp today. Whack! Big mistake. Cool, Slater talks! Whack! Welcome, Slater. Jack, help! Pull up a chair. Heads up. Yo! Danny, don't let them get away. Oh, no! You guys still hanging around? Sound Punch Slater and Chair Crashing Slater talk and make sound effects. Other figures sold separately. New from Mattel.
1: With that, Charlie, why don't you start us off on this track by track and tell us about the first song. All right, the first
2: one it's how it's how i expect albums to start it's i want high energy i want something that's going to get me pumped up for the rest of the album and they nail it with the first track hard as a rock i love this song this one comes out of the gate like literally in my note all i wrote was hard opening track and that is the personification of hard as rock i'm gonna let a little uh peek behind the curtain with charlie at 15 years old i did not understand the true uh meaning of this song i always took it as you yourself as hard as a rock you're tough you're strong you know the world's kind of kicked you and you've stood stood up to it you're hard as a rock um 43 year old charlie went yeah I know exactly what the song's about now. And it's still funny. I, I could still take it the other way, which I prefer to take it as being, you know, tough. But uh, there's a theme with this album that I'm sure we're going to get into. And it's a lot of innuendo
1: <laughs> as it goes. Okay, so let's just go ahead and say this album is one giant innuendo. Um, yeah. There is not a lot of depth to this album. and <laughs> I, there. I want to read a review, and when we originally record this, I saved this review for the last. Yeah, but this time, I'm going to save it <laughs> right out the gate, and I think this is where it belongs. This is from Rolling Stone when this album come out, and I agree with this. I, I don't really care for critics, but I sometimes like throwing stuff. Also, in, and and yeah. and it's just like an opinion. Um, They gave this album two out of five stars and they said their longevity can be credited to two factors, nostalgia and the fact that ACDC still view the world through the mind of a horny 15-year-old. God knows there's (laughs) more than enough of them to go around. Charlie, how old were you when you bought this album? I was 15 and a half when I bought this album uh and you know i
2: will let the naivety of myself because i was not an experienced 15 year old a lot of it went over my head (laughs) there's definitely some songs on here that don't but uh i appreciate that review because that kind of nails it right there (laughs)
1: well i think that's good well that's a show uh good night Uh, everybody i Um, I nailed
2: it nothing else to dig into there
1: (laughs) um look you're going to hear as we cover these songs a lot of double meanings um and we're just not going to go into them all we're just no, going we like, yeah, to be like yeah this is this is one of those songs hard as a rock i when i was 18 thought the same thing you did that it just meant like you're tough you're strong it wasn't in t- because when you're younger you don't really pay attention to the lyrics you don't really no i wasn't deep you hear the music you hear the energy you jump 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 you're driving around you're "Ah!" yeah um you're doing 80
2: before you realize it when you're driving you're
1: like you're you're a dumb kid and this is a feel good song it's a good opener to the album this is the one i was the most familiar with from hearing it on the radio when it came out i remember when this came out yeah yeah um so It's a good song. Um, you know, I mean, it's not as dirty as the other songs. Like it's really of, not because of how you can take it. Yeah. Um, it's not as overt, I should say. Um, but it's a good song. Uh, I like the song. It's it's a good, good tight album. Oh, uh, well, I mean, good tight song opener for the album. Absolutely, so, absolutely. Um, yeah.
2: So, so about track uh, two. <laughs> track two. Well, for as uh not knowing what the first track means, I even at 15 understood uh Cover You in Oil, uh, which is
1: let's it's just not about sh- a NASCAR. It's, no, you're, it's you're not, it's a not about a NASCAR track. You're not about mm-hmm.
2: NASCAR. It is uh straight up sexy time. But what I can say is I like this track and this is after listening to Hard as a Rock. This one really strikes into the blues
1: feel of this album and that's something that's that's going to be a repeating theme that you're going to hear us talk about in this album and i think this is a good album to pick after coming off of clutch because clutch is a very bluesy Mm -hmm. album well, they're a very bluesy band, but Psychic Warfare is a very bluesy album. But that's a good transition into this album, which is A C D C which is bluesy, which will be a good transition into the next album that we do. But yeah. yeah, this is a this is a song, man. It's not a very deep song, but it reminds me of a deep cut off of one of their other albums. Right. Um right. It, it it's there's not much to the lyrics. It's just it's got a good beat and a good feel to the chorus, but. I, I like know,
2: the music to this one. This one, this one's still catchy enough. You know, it's, uh, it's still one that I, I do enjoy listening to, but yeah, it's, this will come up that lyrically this album, we're not going to be like digging into like we did with clutch. This is going to be like, well, this yeah. is what this song is about.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, now. Okay. it It's not one of my favorites on the album, but it's not one of my least favorites. So.
2: Exactly. So, all right, well, the third one, and I know the what everyone's mind goes to whenever we're going to say the title. This was called The Fuhrer. Because Mine did. Because everyone in the world, that's the only person that comes up when you say that word. In all reality, even I had to go and look up the actual
1: meaning of
2: Me Fuhrer, too. I wanted meant. to
1: look into what they meant. Right, and... which
2: thankfully... Not what everyone thinks is definitely no. not what they're meaning. It has nothing to do with that. Uh, so for those that don't know, Führer, the definition of it is intense and uncompromising leader or dictator. And what I take that as is a very powerful, controlling person. And the kind of, look, when you listen to the song, and if you've read that definition, you go, okay, this is a guy that's in power. This is a guy that's, you know, in control of the relationship type thing. Because that's what the the album's about is a sexual experiences and, you know, a relationship that kind of goes back and forth. That's about as deep as this gets. Um, so I like the Fuhrer. It has a pretty damn good riff, uh, pretty intense.
1: Uh, good intro amazing
2: song. intro i love the intro to this and one. it
1: builds up this bluesy tone throughout the whole song yeah um, i
2: wrote down it feels dark and powerful and that's really what it this, is this track is
1: uh and the lyrics again they're up for interpretation i, I like the song uh, they don't make a lot of sense um it's got no. a good solo nice breakdowns it's got a hint of a western vibe to it and this reminds me of honestly a quick death in texas off of clutch of psychic warfare that, that's Vague, a good comparison vaguely, yeah mildly i don't mean no not a notes, straight note, up riff
2: but there's a feel there's but a but
1: sometimes you get that whiff of something there and and it's that bluesy influence but how they draw it out in this western Tone well, a little bit, that tinniness let's, in it.
2: Let's be honest, Clutch, I'm sure some of their biggest influences is like ACDC.
1: Oh, know. yeah. Well, ACDC, you know, and, and then ACDC's influences are like Chuck Berry and Bluesy and, 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 um, they even, did a lot
2: of uh, Aboriginal, if I remember right. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you have some, you.
1: some Scotch influence there. Um, yep. Some Irish influence, so there ACDC has a lot going on, and there's a lot of influence as with Clutch, and in some of the songs on this album, Rick Rubin, I think, I think he pulls it out of them.
2: I think there's some, there's, there's definitely some magic in this, in this album. There's some diamonds in the rough. Um, mm-hmm. It's a reason I go back to this album so often. Um, but so our next track, Boogeyman, makes no um, sense. It makes no sense. I don't hate the song. No. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it continues that blues feel. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It's and definitely not Night Stalker, you know, because wh- was kind of what I wanted to compare it to, but I was it, also like, it's not even close to Night Stalker,
1: you know? Yeah, it's, but it does have some grimy vocal pitches that brings that Night Stalker yeah. out. Now, now, the music in this is simply amazing, though. It, the music is great, lyrics no clue, but yeah, there's no. some great solos and it's got a simple hook, man. It's just a good song. Like I would, eh, it's probably my third or fourth favorite off the album.
2: Yeah, maybe. no, it's 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 up there for me. Um, speaking of favorites, we're gonna roll into the fifth track, uh, called "The Honey Roll." I have zero note for this one. Um, because normally I skip this song, it's it, to me, it this is the epitome of filler
1: on this album, is not for me. Um, because there's another one that's the epitome of filler for me. On well, that yeah, one. I know that now
2: because um, we've already recorded,
1: but you yeah, know, I'm, but, I'm
2: sticking to my, my, my well, guns on, and, and that's one. that's
1: good. Um, <laughs> and that's okay. This song is just it's an ACDC song. I mean, it, like I, mean, it I, I like the breakdown and the solo and the end had some just killer licks from Angus, but it's probably like not my wor- my least favorite song. It's definitely right. a skippable track. Um it's probably it my next to the last favorite song.
2: I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah, but uh I I think well I, the when we first recorded, I equated to this to go i'm listening to this i'm on my way somewhere and i go i have exactly enough time before i get there for one more song and it ain't gonna be on honey roll so i would always fast forward uh and thankfully the one after is one i still i will still defend and that's burning alive um it's not a bad song i love the intro Mm -hmm. to this song this is another there's a there's a theme with this album I have found, and I, I love this kind of slow intro into some of these songs, and then by the end, they are just shredding your face off with a ton of energy, and that's I, burning alive to me. I love it.
1: It's got a great hook. Uh, the riff is really, really good, and it's got a nice sound. I just don't think this song feels special to me. It just feels no. kind of mid, kind of average, and I don't want to – you get two kinds of ACDC. You get phenomenal ACDC or you get run-of-the-mill ACDC. And the phenomenal ACDC are things like Let There Be Rock. Um, yeah. There are Who Made Who, Back in yeah. Black. Shoot um, the Thrill, stuff like that, you know. Dirty, dirty, dirty Deeds. deeds. Exactly. Yeah, the way go. to the top. So those are phenomenal ACDC. Yeah. A bad ACDC song doesn't exist. There's not anything that I wouldn't listen to unless it's just, they just completely went off the rails and just terrible.
2: And that's nothing on this. Even Honey Roll isn't what I would call a bad ACDC song. Just, it's the bottom of the album for me, you know. Yeah,
1: Burning Alive to me is down there. I know you like it. I know it, yeah. You know, it is what it is. It's, It's a song. Yeah. Well,
2: thankfully, we get picked back up, and I'm going to go ahead and say this is probably low-key one of my favorite tracks on the entire album, and it's called Hail Caesar, and this is this is also one of the odd ones in the album that has really nothing to do with, like, sex. Um, it's literally talking about Caesar, uh, mm-hmm. which I think lends itself in, to in a way. yeah i mean they are referring to caesar and i think that's one of the reasons why people thought like the fuhrer was referencing something because they literally start singing about caesar and i'm like no i think it's just powerful you know being in a place of power but uh i have something funny with this one every time i listen to this song i want to make my own music video and i want to take scenes from the expendables because they had the character hail Caesar what's that actor's name The big black guy what is Terry Cruz okay. so what I want to do is I want to take hail Caesar and I want to make my own uh video but it's all going to be Terry Cruz from the Expendables because his character name was hail Caesar and I want to do all his badass moments with this song playing as you know as his track because I, A, I love that character and B God, I love this song, man. It's
1: so uh, much fun. I thought you would do something with Little Caesars. Oh well, that would be me. no, no. no, no I don't like Little Caesars pizza. Um, no, I don't know how many that.
2: times that got drugged to us at school? That that was the pizza party. It was always Little Caesars pizza. Oh, man. I know. It's so
1: disappointing. <laughs> it well, like that. This is actually good. Yeah. The lyrics aren't bad. They're, they're compared to the rest of the album. It's like the smartest song on the album. But it feels like they're dipping their toes a little bit into the political trope, just a little, but they pull them back out. But it's a good song. It's solid. It's got great hook, great beat, solid lyrics. The bridge is really cool. I feel like this song is like the Brian Johnson TNT because Bon Scott had TNT. And it's like the thing that the fans chant TNT, I, I, I could could see them doing a crowd thing with Hell Caesar and getting the crowd involved. And if I was like their publicist, I would have at this time, I would have said, all right, Metallica has creeping death. That's their like big chant crowd involvement song. Hell, Caesar is going to be your new one. I would love to see them break down that part, have fun with the crowd, interact with the crowd, do that kind of TNT thing that they did. To me, Hell, Caesar could have went down as one of the greatest live songs they have ever done. And it is a missed opportunity. Yeah. It just, it just disappeared out
2: there, man. I,
1: I the more i think about it the more it breaks my heart knowing that that could have happened but in my mind i know what would have been yep. and it's cooler than and this you know, this
2: is definitely when i talk about the
1: diamond in this you know album uh, this, this is, is a this is a, a true diamond this um, is a good song this is a well written song this is this is why you listen to ACDC because yeah. you don't know what you're going to get. And when you get something surprising, you're like, wow, I'm hanging on to this because I didn't know ACDC could bring something out like this. Right. Especially after, because you know, their high. You, yeah, you, you just know. heard Honey Roll. And then you heard (laughs) "Burning Alive, and you're like, oh, well, hell, Caesar, this has got to be good, and it is. It's really good.
2: Um, Then they go right back into the next track, which I'm not going to say I don't like this song totally, but they do Love Bomb. And the only note I wrote was basically a joke saying, uh, take a drink every time he says Love Bomb. Don't do that, you'll die. That is literally... I think we said it the night before when we recorded this that this is the epitome of a filler song. That lyrically, there's nothing there.
1: That's I
2: why I think they repeat "Love Bomb" so many times in this track. Hate this
0: song.
1: <laughs> I know. I already knew that, which is why I had to get that out this there. This song. I <laughs> let you say what you needed to say before I could, couldn't take it any longer. You heard my rant last night. I'm gonna keep this a lot quicker and just sum up exactly i hate the song it is not a good song i don't know what in the heck they were thinking this might be my least favorite acdc song of all time again it does not mean it's a terrible song because i've heard i mean the musicianship on any of this the production on any of this is top notch it's a great well-produced album oh, it's a great
2: sounding it, it, album for sure yeah
1: the i mean everybody sounds good whatever it's just a bad song here are my notes this song is what happens when you need extra songs for the album i'm not saying it's bad it's average or mid it's forgettable Nothing original here. It feels incomplete and it's more like something they wrote to warm up and tune up with and they stuck it on the album. Honest to God, like this song could have went from 7 track 7 Hell Caesar to track 9 and I wouldn't have known the difference. Having heard this song so many times listening to this for for this you know, for the, for the episode. Uh, yeah. For the episode, I've probably heard the song probably twenty times now. <laughs> I never want to hear the song again, um, and because it's now probably embedded into my Alexa, I'm going to have to spend a long time removing it or going to great lengths to remove it out of rotation. But
2: oh, again, awesome. it's
1: it's not a good song. So,
2: all right, no point taken <laughs> uh speaking of where I still consider like uh, there's quite a few filler in this one uh number nine's caught with your pants down um yeah, I don't have a lot to say about this one myself, uh, I like it better than honey roll, um I kind of like it a little bit better than love bomb, I mean, I'm not saying I was a fan of love bomb um it's it's a song but caught with your pants down i kind of feel the same way it's a song it's got some neat little musical you know points to it some you know a decent solo it's kind of what i expect for just an acdc song just you know caught with your pants down that's it you know that's that's all they had to say in this entire song uh um, well
1: musically it's got some good stops and starts and it's got some builds and grooves musically um lyrically no um it 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 feels like to me the spiritual sequel to have a drink on me or at least what happens next in some desolate bar on the edge of town i mean it's not a terrible song it's not love bomb some of the (laughs) lyrics feel like it's about to get you with something but then it doesn't it's like it just dies yeah yeah, just yeah it just falls flat so like it had potential it it's it's definitely deeper than some of the other like overtly sexual songs but i mean yeah. it's it's not musically terrible um it's just not very deep it kind of falls flat i think had the lyrics been tightened up quite a bit could have like it could have used some Bon Scott writing on this song oh, to, re- sure. to this... really pull it to that ACDC level, yeah. but it just fell flat for me. It did,
2: but thankfully, it everything picks completely back up. It almost turns back to eleven when we hit track number ten, "Whiskey on the Rocks." This is way up there for me on this album i you just said something about caught caught with your pants down being like a spiritual sequel to uh have a drink on me whiskey on the rocks is they tried to take everything that have a drink on me is and give it this like cooler bluesier feel to it and dude i love whiskey on the i I mean in reality i love whiskey on the rocks but it's for a song I enjoy Whiskey on the Rocks, man. This is a good track right here.
1: I agree on both accounts of Whiskey on the
0: Rocks.
1: (laughs) I love the intro to the song. Yes. This song is a hard-hitting, groovy rock song about drinking. That's it.
2: You can't have an ACDC album without a song about drinking. Yeah, yeah. It just goes
1: with it, man. And it's on brand. I know. It's like George Thurgood. And, and yeah. it's like, for a moment, when I hear the song, I find it funny. I hear echoes of, for those about the rock. And, yeah. and I, I, I feel like that. this song has some underlying turmoil in it, which fits the bar drinking, hard life hitting sound it's going for. And the whole end of the song, the solo just... Mind blowing. Now, with that said, I would honestly say this song and Hell Caesar are the two best songs on the album. These two songs, I understand, are not singles. No. That's why you have Hard as a Rock. That's why you got Ball Breaker. Yep. But I would have followed hard as a rock immediately with the single whiskey on the rocks. I would have put hell Caesar as their big stadium chant, chant along thing. I mean, like even queen had chant along sing alongs. Like it's a good thing to have those big arena things. And I feel like hell Caesar would have brought that to the table for this generation of ACDC fans. Uh, Um, but as far as like single and radio, like whiskey on the rocks, like I I don't know if it was ever released as a single. I don't remember hearing it as a single, but I don't
2: think it was. I mean, honestly, I I I feel
1: like it could have been the second single off the album. And this album might have been viewed completely different if I think so. And might've even been one of went down as one of their better albums. Um, because of some of, like when there's a good song on this album, it's freaking good. Whiskey on the Rocks, good song. Yep. Hell Caesar, good song. Hard as a Rock, Ball Breaker, you know, those songs are good songs. Um, and then The Fuhrer, good song. Boogeyman, I feel like, is a good song. Um, you know, those aren't really single songs, but those aren't skippable tracks either. True. So, when I put Whiskey on the Rocks in with everything else, I feel like this one probably is my second favorite song on the album.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Hell Caesar is my favorite. I'll give you and that. this album ends with Ballbreaker. How weird is that? I, I think what? it's weird and it's a weird place. And I would have ended with Hell Caesar and swapped that in Ballbreaker. I, I was thinking about this last night yeah not many albums end with the title track as the last song no
2: I, and i i I know we talked about it, and we both were just like we have no idea except for maybe one other a c d c album wasn't it like for yeah
1: for those about to rock or something like that no was... this song does feel like it's a good ending song to the album I mean it is.
2: I mean, this but, one ends with high energy, and I mean, I love does. Ballbreaker.
1: I mean, this is a great song. It's got a great hook. The it's catchy yeah. groove. It's nice, clean riff. I mean, yep. it's got good rhythm and tone. I mean, it it feels like in some places they're taking some elements from Let There Be Rock, and that's not a bad thing.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. I think the lyrics just follow flat for me, but it's not a bad song, and no. it's a good song. I just don't understand the placement of it
2: i don't i remember as a kid because you know whenever you buy an album that that title track is the one you're looking forward to you're like okay it's on there and to see it at the end which meant i had to wait all the way through all the way to side b final track to hear Ballbreaker. And you're just like my god why is this at the end you know i don't know was this just their way to make sure everyone listened to honey roll but you know, this was your uh, <laughs> love bomb, <laughs> your love bomb. But, uh, no, I, I, you talk about favorites and you know, I know we talked about this once already and I, I, I have said my favorite is with you. It's hail Caesar. It is. I've always said it was low key. My favorite, I think after talking about it, it is definitely my favorite track, but I also say it also depends on what I'm wanting out of an album hard as a rock and ball are high energy mm-hmm. get you pumped up uh i didn't on this recording but i'll make the the parallel to it now this album is something i would take to go work out at the gym for like there's some good high energy songs that really let me get pumped up to get some reps in but then there's also some songs that allow you to get that back down into a cool down mode you know to just kind of you know, bring yourself down and then bring you back up again. Like, I could listen to this whole album while working out. Um, and to end on Ball Breaker, man, that's just a, that's like trying to get those last few reps. You know, QRA, Ball Breaker! I, I just, I love it,
1: man. I I think it's a good ending song. I just... I just question the placement of the title track I, like I I, it's I just weird, yeah. it, man. It's, like it is
2: odd to be your last one. I'm also kind of surprised now and we didn't talk about this before, but at uh, looking back, I'm surprised the album is even ball breaker. Like to me, I'm really surprised this isn't ACDC DC whiskey on the rocks. Like that's the name of the album that's the feel because of how bluesy this album actually ends up being it's like why was that not the title of this album like I get Paul breaker they kind of thought was going to be like the big boom in your face kind of song but well, they
1: could even went with burning alive um, I mean, they, they, they could have went the that, kiss yeah. route with love bomb <laughs> all right Charlie we well, you know what time it is Let's well, that music back. says it is time to rate it. So, yes. Charlie, yes. this is your pick, brother. We've heard your nostalgia. We've heard everything that you have to say, why you brought this album to the table, what you think of the tracks, what you think is the al- of the album as a whole now. Well, it's I mean, time to slap a stack of dimes on this thing in tribute to our man, Don Daryl.
2: Absolutely. Uh, You know, we've done this once before. I know I've already given it a number on that recording, but uh, I've had time to think about it. And I didn't know if I really wanted to stick with that. And I think I've decided that I am actually going to, I'm going to give this one a seven. Um, and that's still a lot of nostalgia for me because being my first, paid for with my own money cassette from a band that was pretty pivotal to pivot pivotal in my music upbringing um so definitely as we broke it down i go yeah they could have done better yeah this one's not the greatest uh, this is a really good song but they even kind of looked over their own great songs so i think truly I think a seven. That's still pretty high up there. I still rank it fairly high, but that's a lot of nostalgia for me on this. I mean, I bought the CD again, like a long time ago, all my CD collection was stolen out of my car in Columbus. And I have never really just went back and started buying it because, you know, everybody streams everything. My buddy, Benny will send me like a USB for my birthday. And it's all a bunch of albums he's bought over the year. So it's like, wow. Ooh, I like this. Oh, I will get, like a 32 gigabyte flash drive for my birthday, and it's just album, 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 album. Um, and I will say this it's not like I'm not wanting people to get the money. If I like an album, I actually do buy a hard copy of the CD. I am still a CD guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went, I bought Ballbreaker again and ended up being the remastered. And my god, I've listened to it, I don't know how many times. I was excited to get it. That Amazon package came in, and I'm like, yes my ball breaker CD immediately in the CD player, just immediately wanted to relive being 15 again and get there for the first time. And I did. So that's wow. me, man. What, what about you? I know you're going to be a tad bit more critical, you know, foreshadowing that I already kind of know what he's
1: going to say. <laughs> well, honestly, you went down
2: from our original
1: and I'm not going to, if you want to say what your original rating was, that's I fine. Originally, I'm not- I
2: originally gave it an eight. And I've slept on that number. So maybe the podcast gods went, You gave that album way too high of a rating. We're gonna crash it. You gotta re-record now.
1: Well, mine is different than last night as well.
2: Oh, all right.
1: Is it lower? I don't know. Or is it higher? Well, all right. So I uh, let me just say I didn't come to this album with the nostalgia that Charlie did, I came to this album as somebody that had heard whatever singles on the radio when they were 18 years old, as we talked about, like some of the lyrics just didn't resonate with me, man. It's some of them. Just if I was 15, I'd have been like, this is the funniest thing ever. This is the best thing ever. It rocks. I'm going to drive around, listen to it. You know, musically i can't say that because i don't think i would have appreciated the music on the album as much as then as i do now because musically there's some really good stuff on here musically stuff i haven't heard acdc do um so with that said my rating when we originally recorded this was a five yep so i've changed that now and my rating for this is now a six hey all right. charlie went down i went up so charlie is sitting at a seven i'm sitting at a six so there we have it it's still averaging out
2: so i love that but no.
1: <laughs> yeah it is um <laughs> but listen i mean man i appreciate you bringing this to me because there's some new songs on this that i'm taking away from uh yeah. that i really enjoy hell caesar whiskey on the rocks um those are two good songs, man. That was worth suffering love bomb or honey roll <laughs> or, you know, because like you pull some really good stuff out and I, Diamond, diamonds in the
2: rough, man. That's, that's the epitome of this album right here. And it's a forgotten about album, which kind of sucks, man. I, it is. I, I want people to maybe
1: rediscover ball you know? And, and the, we didn't talk about this, but the cover, the album artwork yeah. is is a little different for AC/DC. Um, it's to me a little bit more of a muted cover. I mean, it's not nearly as bad as their Black Ice album. That album no, cover was terrible. This one's very...
2: A, a lot of blues too. It not is blue sound, blue color, and variations of blue. I mean, it's Angus riding a wrecking ball through a stage. You know with speaker stacks and everything i actually i really like this album cover um Mm -hmm. this is one of those that i would actually love to have the poster hanging up in my wall because i just i love the feeling of it um
1: i don't think it's as iconic of a cover as like blow up your video um or like you know for those about the rock or or razor's edge i don't think it's iconic in that level no. but i think the album cover is good um i think that it's especially, probably especially like one... for a
2: 90s acdc that's what i think i really like is this one sets itself away from the 80s acdc it this does album yeah definitely has more of a 90s feel to it
1: it does it it it, it, it it's relevant to them and in the time yeah so no Everybody all right, Charlie. It out, man. I love it. That music, that music tells us, my friend, it is time to go. It has been an adventure. It has been fun. It has been fun recording this twice with you.
2: Yeah, hey, you know, I'm hoping a, this
1: one sticks. <laughs> let's, fingers
2: crossed. Fingers crossed. Now I think I think we're good on this one. You know, so we'll just take that that first one as a trial run, and now we've perfected it. now. So let's see how this goes for everybody but if you guys did enjoy this episode and you want to hear some more of me and Steven please go check us out on our other episode which is uh, Clutch uh, Psychic Warfare you can find us on all the podcatching uh, we are on Spotify, we are on apple we, i literally got us signed up on everything it would let me sign us up on so you should be able to find us you can also find us over on facebook we have give me back my rock and roll the facebook group let's build those numbers up let's build a little community around rock and roll uh, we also have an instagram page and i'm working on getting us a few other socials as we go but like i said this is kind of our our secondary project our main my main project which if you are coming from that show, you already know who I am, but if this is your first time listening to me, we have Give Me Back My Action and Horror Movies, the podcast, where me and my two co-hosts, Pete and Nate, dig into action and horror movies. We alternate it every week. We come out on Tuesdays. Uh, We have a lot of fun. Uh, It's definitely more of a hangout feel. We don't like, we're a review show that doesn't really review the movie. We just yell at each other about why we like something or don't like it. Uh, but yeah, please go check us out. We are also on all the, you know, Spotify, Apple. Uh, we have two Facebook groups for the action and horror. We're give me back my action movies, the Facebook group, Give me back my horror movies, Facebook group. All of those also have Instagrams. We're on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, threads, TikTok, all those things. So uh, and as I said, we are working on a website. So eventually you'll just go to one website and it'll take you everywhere else you want to go and find us everywhere else you want to go so awesome i, I think that's it for me as far as you know promotion there Stephen.
1: awesome that you have a lot going on and i'm just going to leave us with the immortal words of Bon scott the original singer of acdc he said we just want to make the walls cave in and the ceiling collapse Music is meant to be played as loudly as possible, really raw and punchy, and I'll punch anyone who doesn't like it the way I do. Works to live by. Rock and roll. Hey Charlie, yes, even, you know I was thinking about a c d c and Bon Scott, and do you think his real name was bonald or Bonathan <laughs> what where, where do you come up with this shit? I just thought I i don't.
2: I don't even know if I should tell you to google that.
1: Who and, names oh. a kid Bonald? <laughs> Who names a Bonald? It's got to be an Irish thing. <laughs>